0: Did you ever notice how pigs get the brunt of the deal in all parts of scripture? I mean, they're an unclean animal. They're not to be eaten. They weren't used in slaughter. They get the worst of everything. When we began this epiphany season, we saw the wise men arriving at the manger of Christ. And as the wise men unpacked their gifts around the manger, I imagine that the animals were also thinking of what they could do for little baby Jesus. And there were probably pigs in the barn. At any rate... Here is what we might imagine happened on that glorious day if only animals could talk, including pigs. The camel might say, I will bear him gifts, and the donkey might say, I will carry him. The fish might say, I will pay his taxes, and the cow, I will quench his thirst, and the dove, I will bless his baptism, and the chicken, I will feed him, and the lamb, I will warm him. But the pig would say, I will let him fill me with demons, then I'll jump off a cliff, and... Wait, what? Well, today's Gospel text speaks specifically about those events when Jesus cast out the demons from the possessed man, and they entered pigs, and subsequently destroyed the pigs by running into the ocean. But as you can imagine, neither the comic nor the pig tell the event correctly. The event is not about what the pig reports as a gift to Jesus. It is rather about Christ's gift to the demon-possessed man, and to us. Christ's gift and anything that he gives and does is because of his authority. In fact, Mark expressed the unique purpose of his writing in talking about Jesus' power and authority. Mark writes to the Romans, and if there's one thing that the Romans are interested in, it is power and authority. Throughout Mark's gospel, people question Jesus' power and authority, People marvel at Christ's power and authority, but more importantly, people witness and experience Christ's power and authority. People have always been interested in rising to power and authority, even into our day and age. We just elected a president who now has power and authority to make decisions. He signs executive orders because of his power and authority. It's a power and authority that we do not have and to which we can only react. But even with our checks and balances of power and authority, there are some things that our president can't do. And there are other things that's the president's sole power and authority and can do. What is your reaction when you hear the word authority? I'm guessing that many of us would have a negative reaction to it. Most Americans do. Americans tend not to like authority and power, especially when they don't wield it or field it's wheeled against them, especially in the 1960s. Remember this? 1968, Democratic Convention in Chicago. All forms of authority at every level of our society are being torn down. We don't like anyone having authority or exercising it over us. And to a degree, it's understandable. We don't like anyone telling us what to do. You're not my boss, we would say or taking away any freedoms that we might have been given in the Constitution. But now today I would like us to rethink authority. For today we will meet Jesus who has a lot of authority and knows how to use it. When he exercises authority, he's doing it for us and for our good. In today's first Gospel reading from Mark, we see Jesus exercising his authority, not over us, but for us. So now let's take a look at this amazing authority and power of Jesus. First of all, we don't want to confuse what power and authority are. Sometimes people associate the word authority with the word power, but there's a distinction between the two. Someone could exercise power without the legitimate authority to do so. A coup, for example, can be powerful, but the people don't have the authority to take that action. A thief could exercise power by holding you up with a gun, but he doesn't have the authority to do it. It's against the law on the other hand a police officer is given the authority to use a gun by law but he or she should exercise that authority and show power only under certain circumstances and hopefully he or she may not have to use that power too often so authority is something that is vested in someone it is conferred upon a person to act with power for a legitimate cause and Jesus has that power and he has that authority Our gospel lessons are only one instance when scripture mentions Christ's power and authority. A closer look at other passages reveals to us the length and breadth of that power and that authority that reaches into our daily lives. Christ has divine authority to exercise power for the purpose for which he was sent. That authority and that power is given by the Father to accomplish all things. John says in chapter 12, For I have not spoken from my own authority, But the Father himself who sent me has commanded me what I should say and what I should speak. John also writes, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. We see Jesus exercising this power, this authority, especially in the early chapters of the gospel which describe his ministry. We see his authority in words and works. Authority in his preaching and his teaching. The authority to forgive sins. It says Mark in chapter 2, But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, Take up your mat and walk. Jesus has authority over nature in Mark 4. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The disciples marvel and when he calls and sends out his disciples to go and preach in other villages he says in Luke 9 after Jesus called the twelve together he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases today our attention is drawn to two aspects of his authority namely his teaching and the casting out of demons In both of these areas, Jesus' authority is amazing and it's astonishing. It's that which makes a big impression on the people to point that they recognize that nobody on earth has the authority, nor do they possess the power. But where does it come from? And to what end is Jesus using this power and this authority? We'll begin with his teaching. It says, and they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Jesus taught them as one having authority. How was that different from the scribes? It was different in this way. The scribes would teach by quoting other rabbis and rabbinical teaching that had been handed down through centuries and traditions. The scribes and the rabbis would quote each other and things got kind of detached from the original word of God. Furthermore, their teaching strayed from God's word in its content and its meaning and purpose to the point where sacrifices and strict obedience to the law of Moses overran the mercy and the forgiveness of God, which was declared by the prophets. For example, the Sabbath commandment gradually drifted away from God's purpose in remembering the liberation from Israel and God's mercy and forgiveness and was made a set of man-made rules on how many steps you could take on the Sabbath during a day's journey. Jesus' teaching was different. He spoke with authority. This does not mean an authoritative style, but the authority which comes from God, full of the Holy Spirit, who convicts of sin, penetrating to the heart of sinners. He didn't have to quote the rabbi, or this rabbi, or that rabbi. He went straight to the source, having been authorized by God the Father to speak for him, he is the Word made flesh. In his teaching, Jesus would say things like, You have heard that it was said, but I say unto you. That's speaking with authority. And who is he and who he is to be able to say that? But I say to you, he's the word made flesh, the scripture incarnate. He not only has the authority from the Father, he is the authority from the Father. Why is Jesus' authority in teaching so important for you? There's two reasons. One, he is not the father of all lies. That's Satan. His word is the word of truth, as John testifies in John 8. My word is truth. You can trust what he says. You can rely on what he says because he's received it from his Father in heaven. Secondly, Jesus' teaching will lead you to salvation. When he says your sins are forgiven, it's not a promise for the future. It's not a helpless hoping. It's a sure thing. He has the authority to say it. You have it. His authority is displayed by the power of his word. When he speaks, the world is created. When he speaks, the dead are raised. When he speaks, the lame walk. And when he forgives, he speaks words of forgiveness. And people are forgiven. And that's what happens in our text. So you can trust Jesus for what he says in your daily life. His words offer and create what they speak. If he said it, it is true. It is true. We have a false and fatalistic saying, It is what it is, but with Christ, it is what he says it is. It's not left to your opinion, my opinion, or your take on the truth of the matter, whether you accept it or not as truth. It needs no scientific testing. It needs no proof. His word is truth. So concerning sin, his word convicts and applies to you and me. We have not kept the commandments as we should. We have not had only God before us, but we have sought after other things. We need to have our self-righteousness stripped away from us too. Not so we are left in despair. Not so we are left hopeless and broken. But so that we will realize our need and be ready to receive the only true righteousness that works. And that comes to us in the person of Christ, our Savior. His authoritative and powerful word leads you to salvation. So that in another part of Jesus' teaching, we need to hear the gospel, the words of comfort and forgiveness Christ speaks. Come unto me, all you who are he- weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why Jesus' disciples would tell him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So Jesus' teaching has this great and life-giving authority. He comes straight from the Father's side, full of grace and truth. Jesus makes God known to us, just as he did in the times of the New Testament. He makes God's will and word known to us in its truth and its purity. This is God's beloved Son. Listen to him, because the same word of truth that convicts us of sin also creates and offers forgiveness through his Son. But Christ's power is also shown to us in his authority over unclean spirits, that is, over the demonic realm. As our text in the Gospel for today continues, And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him, And crying out with a loud voice came out of him and they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves who is this a new teaching with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him Jesus comes to destroy the work of the devil Jesus comes to restore creation to fix what is broken to bring healing to the afflicted and to bestow the blessings of the kingdom of heaven and here we see him doing it he has the authority He has the power. The satanic spirit has taken over the man, and now in the presence of Jesus, the spirit blurts out in fear of his own destruction. Why? Why does he fear? Because although Satan has power, he does not have authority. His power runs rampant and destructive, and Satan fears the Holy One of God, because only Christ has ultimate authority as creator of the universe and all creatures. Satan's power is limited to earth, chaos, evil, but no authority. Because there is only one authority, and that is God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All other authorities are of this world, as Paul reminds us when he writes to the Romans and says there is no authority except by God's appointment. Because no earthly power has divine authority and power. No president, no king, no legislative body. In fact, Christ triumphs over all power and authority that is on this earth that is not from his Father, as Paul writes to the Corinthians, when he says, then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom of God the Father, when he has brought to an end all rule and all authority and power. Jesus' authority mutes the voice of the unclean spirit so that it cannot speak and has to come out of the man. And Jesus' authority extends over the devil and the unclean spirits and over all the powers of hell. In our second gospel reading for today, Jesus heals a man possessed by a legion of demons that are destroying his body. In this healing, we see that Satan has no authority to even enter the pig on his own power to destroy it. Our text states clearly that Jesus gave the demon permission to enter the pig and to destroy them instead of the man. And from this we learn two things. The demonic spirits are bent on destroying any part of creation, but more importantly, they have power, but they have no authority. The demonic spirit can only obey Christ and the ultimate power and authority. They have no authority or power over the authority of Christ, even to leave the man and go into the pig, They have to have permission from the ultimate authority. This is also the reason why the little pig in our comic is wrong about his future. Like Satan, the little piggy has no authority. It does not give permission to Christ to have the demons enter it. It does not and cannot sacrifice itself and willfully accept the demon possessing the man. Christ is the only sacrifice for sin who willingly went to the cross and died. This authority was given to him alone as he taught his disciples. And he says in John, This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, so that I may take it up again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down of my own free will. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it back again. This commandment I received from my Father. Christ willingly, by the authority given him by God the Father, destroyed the stronghold of Satan over this earthly world, the stronghold of sin, the stronghold of death. And by the power of his death and his resurrection, he gives new life and creates anew. This is good news for you. While you are part of this world, you have no authority, neither the power to overcome Satan or sin or death on your own. You are sold to the nature of this world and the realm in which Satan can exhibit his power. But as Christ came to mend a broken world and defeat the power of, by his ultimate authority, so he has mended your life and he has made you whole and made you a new creation in him. He has that authority and he's exhibited his power in the empty tomb. By his authority, he raises you from the dead and gives you eternal life, as he did Lazarus. He is not only the author of life, he is the authority over death and the author of new life. His power and authority continues today, even today in your midst and within you. You hear it from me every Sunday. I, by my call as an ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, forgive you all your sins. It's an authority granted to Christians who are heirs together with Christ, born of his resurrection. You have the authority of Christ working its power in you today, every time you forgive, every time you love and console, simply by living as his child. It's the reason you are alive and rejoicing in him. His power and authority is present in your baptism through water and his powerful word. You were buried with Christ in your baptism and have been raised to new life in him. And when we commune, by his authority and power, he declares himself present in, with, and under bread and wine for you. Brothers and sisters, make no mistake about it. There is no other name under heaven by which we are saved but through our Lord Jesus Christ. All authority has been given to Christ. And as Paul writes to the Colossians in chapter 2, And you have been filled in him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. He has destroyed what was against us, and he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross, disarming the rulers and the authorities. He has made a public disgrace of them, triumphing over them by the cross. In fact, as his children, redeemed and given new life, You are the power and authority of Christ in this world. Listen to what Paul says in his letter to the Ephesian church. God's purpose in revealing the gospel of Christ is that through the church, the rich wisdom of God should now be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. That is to say, your words and your actions as the church of Christ, in living your new life in Christ, God makes his forgiveness and mercy known to the world, no other way. May God strengthen us through the authority of his word and be of bold faith and live our lives filled with the power and authority of his Holy Spirit. Amen.